right. So, Where Reformation Week. Reformation. It's, Halloween. It was a good week. Halloween was a good week. What'd we you did dr- Fall Fest. I dressed up as a carnival barker. I made a So, are you one of these red. guys who gets into Halloween? <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> I made a vest out of red and uh, white duct tape. A handlebar twisted my mustache. I was a carnival barker. Made balloon animals at our fall fest. You, it was a good time. Do you not appreciate me asking you a question that I know the no, answer but, to just yeah, so I can... I know you were throwing back to a, a private conversation we had last week when you were over at my house. And I was making yeah. the vest and you were like, so uh, you really like Halloween, huh, Jared? And you're like, no, not really, man. I mean, just kind of... And that was the moment when I was like, you are crafting a vest out of duct tape. What did you dress you've up been as? Growing out, you've been growing out a mustache for <laughs> months. What was your Halloween Literally costume? years. I didn't have a... No. Basically, I've, I have two kids that have been puking for the last two or three days. So Ooh. basically just a hazmat suit. There you go. Uh, I, wasn't in, I wasn't in character, though. I was just trying not to get sick. Yuck. So good times. Good times. Did anything else significant yeah. happen this week? No, I don't really know. I guess we'll just start the podcast and go oh, from wait. there. What about uh, what about the world champion Astros? Those guys. Do we want to talk about, about that, that now or after the music? We should have prepared more. No, no. Let's play the music and then we'll come back for some Astros talk. Okay. You're live with Rusty and Jared. <laughs> we'll be back right after this introduction. Greetings, everybody. Welcome to the one hour a week podcast, a 30 minute podcast about life and ministry. We are super excited today to have a fantastic lineup of guests. We have with us today the hosts of the one hour a week podcast. What? First, Mr. Jared Hallyer. Hey, everybody. This is a big deal. I'm Rusty Mott. To have us. Yeah, we. We really worked hard to book us. To it has taken it has taken a lot of work, but made we're here. Happen. We made it, it happen. We're here. So, uh, do we want to start by telling them about the free tickets we received to Game Seven? And yeah, let's start with that. Well, you know, we've been real convicted. I've been doing this radical series uh, at the church, the David Platt book. So. After receiving these tickets, we just prayed about it, and we decided to sell them and give the money to the poor. So that's it. We are uh, practically saints at this point. Good for us. <laughs> that's, that's right. No, just kidding. We are, we're broke, but it's not because we're good people. <laughs> I did see that there were seats available behind home plate for Game 7 for $9,500 a piece on StubHub. $9,500. Oh. If you had, if you had that money in the bank, would you have gone? Would you spend ten thousand dollars on a baseball ticket? I don't think so. I don't think I would either. I told someone the other day, if of course this defeats the whole purpose of going to a game, it would just be performance at that point. But if you can guarantee me that the Astros are going to win, I might would go. 
but I'm already super emotionally invested. Like if I made some nachos and sat on my couch and they lose, I feel like (laughs) I have been betrayed to the nth degree. So if I were to spend 10 grand and fly to LA and they lost, I think they might have to arrest me, man. I'd be one of those guys like running onto the field. It'd be crazy. You know what's crazy is how many Dodgers fans spent thousands of dollars and then went home just disappointed that night. Yeah. But there's no returns, no refunds. Sorry, suckers. I don't mind. We got a trophy (laughs) in Houston, though. So uh, I just got to tell our listeners that Jared and I were so super humble uh, when the game was going on, and then it wasn't even 12 hours later that you're you're taking you shots (laughs) on social media. I don't feel bad like, at all. 24, 24 hours before, we were both scared to say anything positive. You were just kind of yeah, like, we weren't going to we'll, tweet about we'll it or post about it or anything. <laughs> like, it's not even happening. Because you know what happens. As soon My, as you tweet about it, they lose. And you're like, oh, I did that. Yes. Or if you're me and you uh, tweet and start uh, overreacting and panicking, they end up winning. So I'm actually a good luck charm for teams. Anytime I have... Uh, posting on social media about how terrible life is, they end up turning around and winning. So I don't remember who it was I saw on Facebook today, but they were like, every game I watched, they lost. Every game I didn't watch, they won. And so I... I think that was Perry. Was it Perry Anderson? I think. He was like, faithful listener. Yeah, yeah. I purposely didn't watch game seven, so you're welcome, Houston. And genuinely, thank you. Like, I I believe in that stuff. Thank you, Perry. Like Michael Scott said, I'm not superstitious. I am a little stitious. So when it comes to things like that, I appreciate it. You did your part. So good. You have a part in that trophy. So good. Period. So yeah, I hope congratulations, this ring. Houston Astros. That's a big That's win for awesome. us as fans, as lifelong fans, me and you. That's a big yeah, win. You know, I told my brother who was here to watch it with me, and it was like an emotional moment. There was a we started counting out in like the seventh inning and yeah. I told him, let's stop. Cause I started getting a little stitious at that point. Stop <laughs> counting out, stop counting out. And even in the ninth inning, one of my favorite texts came three or four uh, minutes after the game or a little while after the game His brother, Jimmy Neal sent a message that said, I think we may win this. <laughs> and I, t- I told Brad, I was like, that's exactly yeah. how I felt. Like even this morning, a couple of times I'm like, you know, this might actually happen. And I'm like, no, it did happen. Well, you texted so it's me pretty awesome. when they went up or they got four, nothing. And you texted me and said, five, nothing. Yeah. You said, if, Oh, we need five more runs, and then I'll feel a little comfortable about yeah. this situation. I think I actually said ten. Yeah, I think I said. T- I, th- I was telling. I was telling everybody I wanted fifteen. Yeah, to, to start feeling it's good. It's got to be fifteen to nothing. Yes, I think the this stro- place would have turned just, into a party house. They just knew something about you because they didn't score again after they pulled you out of the game. They got shut out, and so I don't know if supposedly he was tipping pitches. Oh yeah, something I mean, he was doing yeah. was telling them what was coming. Yeah, he had a tell. Saying yeah, like a like when you're playing poker with somebody and they've got a tell. So. Because I was listening to the radio broadcast on the drive home. You know, I've got an hour drive home after Sunday nights. Um, and the broadcasters there were saying that the Astros were, I mean, the word he used, he said they are spitting on sliders that you was throwing. Like, he's throwing good stuff, and they're just not even looking at it. So they must have known it was coming. So yeah, doesn't hurt my feelings. So, listeners, let me just ask you a question. Do you think we should turn this into a sports podcast? Are we pretty good at it? <laughs> Maybe? Maybe not? I know should we keep doing radio at all? I got two new hats out of this whole right. deal. <laughs> if y'all can only see this Put video. There you go. There we you are go. we are as proud as peacocks. And yes, that Brad. is a reference to Brad Peacock. Peacock. There you so, go. Shout out. So this is actually going to be a helpful segue for us, Jared, because uh, some 
some ribbing slash also arguing on social media between me and you during the Astros game when I <laughs> embarrassingly called for the firing of the World Series champion manager, A.J. Hinch. Yeah, you wanted his head uh, on a platter. <laughs> I wanted, And still, hey, at the end of wh- – which game was that? Was that four game. or five? Anyways, they're all blur. It's a blur. Yeah. No, but they when he won put five, Giles, lost four. So when he put uh, Ken Giles in, and even my grandma was like, "Why are they doing that?" <laughs> I'm like, "What are you doing?" So, yeah. uh, but but we kind of got involved in a little banter. And Steve waits. I don't know if Steve forth. listens or not, but Steve's a good friend. So you know, we're all friends, just like we would have been if we were at the house together. Y'all would have been, you know, come on, and we were just bantering. So it's all good. But in that, we started talking about. Uh, it got my gears going because not only that but there were actually a couple serious I guess you could say conversations back and forth with some folks in the last couple of weeks uh, on social media about some issues but not only social media there have been a couple conversations with people that didn't go well and it made me think of the topic for today's episode that we're calling civil discourse uh, and basically talking about how to disagree well can we disagree well Uh, can we kind of talk through things together um, and what does that look like for us? So that's what we're going to talk about is how to disagree or just even engage in conversations well with each other. Well, and I think Josh made a good point last week when we were talking about apologetics and how to have conversations with people we disagree with. And he made the point, we all kind of talked about it, that it seems any more people just want to be right more than anything. Even more than being heard, they just want to be right. I'm not sure that even people want to to be heard. They just want to be right, and they want you to feel wrong. And so, uh, obviously, social media just adds fuel to that fire, and we can talk about that more later. But is civil discourse just gone? Like, are we ever going to get to a point where it can happen again in any arena, politics or sports or theology? Or are we just so far removed from it? that it's a thing of the past? Are we going to study civil discourse in history classes? Like, how do we even get back to it? Is it, is it just gone altogether? I think the important thing that we have talked about, and even like what we're trying to do now, is to have a conversation about it. And there, there is the aspect of having love at the center of all we do, and even people that we disagree with and even people that may be outside of the faith or completely outside of our tribe, if you will, what those conversations may look like, we, we do tend to go into those things immediately thinking that we want to have the upper hand. We want to be proved to be right. We want to, at the end of the day, be the, the be-all, end-all of everything that we're talking about. And the word pride is just what immediately comes to my mind, and yeah. it's at the forefront of this, just like you said. And it does seem in some way that civil discourse is dead. I think you tweeted and posted on Facebook the other day, people will argue, one thing social media has taught me <laughs> is that people will argue about every dot, single, dot, thing, dot. Yeah. And I, I did like a joke on there, but I actually wanted to say, uh, yeah, like using the every dot, single dot, period dot at the end of every word <laughs> dot. I can't stand it. But but that would have just exasperated exas- what? Yeah, yeah, exactly. The point. It sure would have. Totally. <laughs> Man, where's the wordsmith when you need him? Come on, Wes. If this was a live show, you could call in and tell me what that word is. Exacerbated. Thank you. Exacerbated. Made it worse. I think the other thing that happens a lot of times, though, is in these conversations – 
it doesn't take very long for the discussion to go from whatever the topic is to the people that are talking about it. So if you and I disagree on something, it doesn't take very long before it goes from, oh, we disagree about the interpretation of this scripture or this fiscal policy that's being uh, talked about on Capitol Hill. And then we go back and forth a few times and then it's, well, you're just an ignorant Nazi or you hate poor people or you were raised wrong and your mom addresses you funny. So we have to learn to keep those things in check too, to keep on topic and out of the personal attacks. Yeah, because it is easier because we, we're not good at having conversations. So it is in the attempt to be right. What we tend to go to is demonizing the people who disagree with us and lumping them all in one category or like you said going to the emotional appeal for our side so let me give you two quick examples and I'll do this as quickly as I can we were talking before we started recording in our pre-production meeting about a social media post that I was engaged in and basically I was disagreeing with a somewhat famous pastor who was saying something about a theological viewpoint that I happened to hold and he said well, I was trying to figure out why people believe that, and it turns out that those who believe this fill in the blank. And I guess we can say that it was talking about tithing, and if you believe tithing's a biblical principle, then you're just in it for the money. And I was like, wow, that is really hard to color everybody uh, with the same color and with right. paint everyone with the same brush just based on a disagreement over a biblical principle and how you apply that biblical principle. And that's very frustrating. And the other thing I've run into Uh, and this happens a lot, and we're all guilty of doing this, is when we're, uh, if you would say, losing an argument or feel like we're losing the ground, we immediately jump to like an awkward emotional appeal, okay? Uh, So if you said, hey, Rusty, I really think you were a little bit too harsh on that second point of your sermon. If you were to call me up and say that after watching it on our website or something, then this is the emotional appeal that I will retort with, and this happens all too often. Well, I just know that I've got to teach the Word of God exactly like it says, and it doesn't matter what any man says. I've got to preach the Word of God. And and it's like we immediately buck to that. Well, what are you supposed to say to that, Jared? Like, oh, okay, my bad. Yeah, there is no response. And and that's what we tend to do. We, Again, and just like you said earlier, we just want to be right instead of having dialogue. And that hurts us. Well, and it, I think it too, it goes back to pride because obviously the opposite of pride is humility. I need to be willing to broach the possibility that I might be wrong about something. That's, that's what an argument is. That's what a discussion is or a disagreement is, is the possibility that one of us is wrong and neither of us wants to admit that that's even a possibility. Forget that. You would not even that we're admitting we're wrong, but to admit that it's a possibility that I might be mistaken or have wrong information. We're just not willing to do that anymore. And it doesn't take long. You can Google anything and find arguments to support your side. And so when you have evidence on your side, no matter what the source is, it just makes you more convicted of your side of the argument or your side of the. So I don't have to admit that I'm wrong because look at all these websites I found. Look at these articles and blog posts I found that back me up. And so we're just not willing to be wrong. That's a classic move too. Hey, look, here's a blog article or video that affirms my view. So I must be right. 
Yeah, but we don't do that with WebMD. Why would we do it with anything yeah. else? You know, like I definitely have brain cancer. Okay, why do you have brain cancer? <laughs> well, because uh, I sneezed and it hurt and I got on WebMD and it was like, yep, that's brain cancer. And we would go, See no, everybody. <laughs> no, don't do that. So, but we do yeah. that with other things like, oh, I believe this. And we just Google to find ammo for our side of the argument. And yeah. Know. The Gospel Coalition said it. I believe it. That's the way it <laughs> That's is. That's right. If Kevin DeYoung wrote about it, I'm on board. <laughs> and it's, it is weird that we do that and uh, as if that's the last word. I, I think one of the problems with civil discourse, again, is you can't have discourse if nobody's willing to listen. Yeah. And we're not listening. You and I have talked about this in our podcast sometimes. Did we? And I, wasn't, even, I don't remember. I wasn't listening. Well, yeah, exactly. See, this is the problem. That's why this show is tanking. It's a, uh, it's tough, man. That's why. That's why we're having to just talk about the Astros with each other for thirty minutes and just put it up there and hope somebody listens. Please listen. But we've talked about this before. How sometimes even you and I, because of the nature of this, we're like, oh crud, I got to have something good to say. So we will like not really listen to each other because we're kind of organizing our thoughts for when it's our turn to talk. Right. But can I tell you that a lot of people, life is a podcast. Yeah. That's all they're doing in these, in these quote, dialogues and conversations. They're not listening. They're just loading up for their yeah. turn to talk. Waiting for their turn to and talk. That's, and no one learns when we do that. When's the last time, and, and we might have to pause and edit out some silence while we think about this. When's the last time you had a good disagreement and by that, I mean a disagreement with somebody and, and both parties handled it well. Okay, I, I can go. I can go. I don't right. need no silence required. All right, go ahead. Uh, speaking of pride, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, so humble. Uh, one it was, shot, it was that's what they call it. Yeah. One shot, <laughs> Kind of like Jay-Z in the studio, mm-hmm. man. I just need one take. That's we it. got this. So uh, except for that uh joke I'm going to have to edit out from right. like 15 minutes ago. <laughs> if, only you people, if only you people could be here for, for those comments occasionally. Uh, well, when I first came to Cornerstone, there were some folks here who clearly had some theological disagreements with me, and it was made obvious in the question and answer session uh, when they were calling me to be their pastor, and it was just some very fundamental disagreements about them being fundamentalists. <laughs> if I could just be that blunt about it. And I'll just tell you, uh, me and and one brother in particular, in fact, he and his wife cooked tonight for a mission team that's here. And I went and hung out with them for a couple hours and and they're some dear, dear friends. Uh, But we have some very serious theological disagreements. And I don't really know how and why, but God saw fit to teach me a lesson as a young pastor about how to disagree yet still love each other well. Um, when I got to the church, he had been approached by the elders and deacons, and they basically had said, hey, if you're not going to be able to get on board, you may need to move on, which they were doing that to protect me, and I understand why they did that. I didn't know about that conversation. I got to the church first week on the field, and I remembered them asking me questions that were difficult and that was obvious we disagreed on. So I went to their house, And I'll never forget walking in, sitting on their couch. He said, well, I just want you to know that all this has nothing to do with you. And I was like, 
all of all of oh, what? Yeah, where are you coming from? Find out. He's like us us leaving the church. And I was like, whoa, 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 what's happening? So we kind of just put all of our cards out on the table, and we had a conversation about the idea of secondary issues. That this is not a gospel issue, uh, and particularly like in times theology, <laughs> it's like, hey man, if you're right and we're gonna get secret raptured in a minute, I'm going to be high-fiving you on the way up, okay? <laughs> like, there's no, like, I'm not going to be disappointed if you're right. But, but even some other disagreements we had, we were able to just kind of walk through those one by one. And I said, yeah, we don't agree, but that's okay. And, and they have stayed at our church. I've been there almost five years now, and they are some of our most faithful members. So uh, I wish I had more stories like that. But can I tell you, the reason I was ready to be one-shot Mott is because that's like the one, Yeah. <laughs> right? The rest of them, it doesn't usually end well. We had a guy that called while I was at Peachtree, <clears throat> and he and his family were active members in our church. And he called me up and uh, invited me to lunch, and, and I didn't really know what the topic of conversation was going to be. But it turned into a three-hour lunch about uh, a theological disagreement. I, I, uh, on the other end of the timeline, it was about creation, not the end-time stuff, but the beginning-time stuff. And... um and he, he had his firm and educated and well-researched opinions about it, and we disagreed uh, on a lot of it. You know, he was, he was more convinced of his opinion than I was convinced of any opinion, if that makes sense. Like, he knew what he believed, and yeah. he was sure and certain of it. And my take on it even still is like, man, I got, you know, there's three or four things that I could see where you could get that. Um, but, you know, after three hours, they continued to be, faithful members of our church and we left that lunch shaking hands in the parking lot and and we still love each other and so I think what happened in both of these examples yours and mine both and I think every time that it goes well is that we're able to put the person ahead of the topic of discussion like I was able to disagree with him in a good way because I knew him and I loved him and I had him and his family in mind while we were having that conversation and it's hard to do that in the Facebook comment section, especially, you know, or blog yeah. post comment section. When you don't know the person, you have no relationship with them. That's when it starts getting dicey and we start getting personal. See, I was going to ask that. What if that conversation would have happened with him over social media? How do you think that would have played out? Oh, I definitely, we're definitely more willing to say things with our fingertips that we won't say in person, right? We're willing yeah, to be a little more snarky. No a little more. And sometimes I think things are taken that way. Even if they're not meant that way, it's there yeah. there's no nuance in typing. There's no uh you know, you can't pepper in sarcasm, you can't hear anybody's tone of voice, you can't see that wink and nod and smile when you're just typing it. And so people are more willing to offend online and social media, but I think people are more easily offended online and in social media too. Yeah, definitely. Yes to both. I am, I am the guy who is always misinterpreted on social media, yet I always misinterpret on social media. Yeah, like we're not willing like, to get you know the benefit what I'm saying? of the doubt. Like both ends of that. Yeah. And so when you're sitting face-to-face, uh, whether it's like we are right now on FaceTime or in the restaurant, you can even say, hey, would you clarify that? Or, you know, if you're saying something and you see me wrinkle my nose and cock my head, you'll be like, oh, no, 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 I didn't mean it like that. Like you can have... Yeah. A better conversation face to face. 
So how do we disagree well on, because here's the reality in this world. In fact, this podcast would not exist without social media and connections we've made that way. Uh, we have, I have friends that, I, I, I consider them friends, road people that we've connected through social media who are really your friends from school and all of that kind of stuff because of this podcast. Uh, so how do I disagree with, uh, well, I, I can say I disagree with Jordan Reese about liking you Darvish and the Rangers uh, <laughs> just needs to repent yeah. and believe in the Astros. But, but like, how do I disagree with Jordan? Well, say he and I had a real theological disagreement. We're not going to get a cup of coffee anytime soon. I mean, not <laughs> no offense. I mean, if you're in Coots, come on brother, but yeah. he's like over on the East coast. So, so how are we, how can you disagree? Well, because the like it or not, social media is a reality. So we would hate to leave this podcast saying, Hey guys, just start well, less typing, more cups of coffee. Well, that would be great in an ideal world, but but in this world, social media engagement is as important in ministry as it's ever been before. So how can we actually disagree well and practice civil discourse via social media? I think we have to be so overly gracious on social media. I think we have to our reaction needs to be to give the benefit of the doubt and to assume the best about people instead of assuming the worst. We need to assume that they're interested in a conversation and not just trying to attack us and tear us down. So instead of being defensive, let's be more gracious. I think that's the first thing we have to do. I think that when possible, we do need to have face-to-face conversation. I think we need to be willing to, even in a Facebook comment thread, and I've seen you do this a few times recently, where it gets a little heated and you say, hey, we're not really getting anywhere, and you've invited people in the comment section. You'll say, hey, you know, we're not really getting anywhere with this. Why don't we meet up and have a cup of coffee? Or let me buy you lunch and let's talk more about this. Um, now that you know social media has been around long enough now that they're doing studies on how it's affecting people and all that, and study after study and paper after paper and blog post after blog post are saying that it gives us a false sense of connectedness. Like we're constantly connected because we're always seeing people's faces and we know what everybody's up to, but we're not really connected. We're isolated. We're sitting in our living room. We're sitting in our office staring at our phone. And so when possible, we need to be willing to take those conversations off of the screen and even over the phone, have a, you know, make a phone call, go and have lunch with somebody. Um, when possible, you know, you said in an ideal world, yeah, why not be willing to chase the ideal? We can't, again, you can't do it with Jordan Reese because he's in is he in South Carolina or North Carolina? I feel like I should know that. I went to college with him. <laughs> Sorry, Jordan. One um, of the Carolinas. Or Stephen Woodard, you know, up in uh, New England. Where's he at? Oh, oh. Um, Yeah, we had New some. Hampshire, I, right? I, why did I not mention Stekawu? We had some uh, <laughs> some Twitter banter this week, too. Yeah. And so, I actually threatened I actually threatened to punch him in the face. So yeah, and I was going to ride along just speaking, to watch it. Speaking of civil discourse. Right. So those are the two things I would say. One, uh, be gracious and assume the best about people. Two, when possible, take discussions off the screen and take them live and in person. What about you? What would you add to that? I would kind of to take a twist on your first one, because when you're talking about being gracious, I, I heard it in the way of, man, the way we receive what people are saying. Uh, give them the benefit of the doubt. But I think we need to be so and I'm not good at this, I need to be more over-the-top gracious in my actual typed responses. Yeah. Like, they, they need to read that comment section and know beyond the shadow of a doubt, 
I am for you, I love you, I support you. I'm, even if, hey, I disagree, but I want you to know you are great and I love that we're able to have this conversation. You're awesome. Like we really need to be gracious in those responses in order to, for us as believers especially, and if you're in ministry, whether a vocational or lay leader in your church, just to be able to show people that, that it is with love because I guess what I'm trying to say, the, the short answer is to leave no room for wrong interpretation yeah. or as little room as possible, right? Uh, where most of the time I read mine in a way that, that could be interpreted extremely snarky and it's probably even accurate to interpret it extremely snarky. So to intentionally go out of my way to be humble and kind and gracious in my actual responses. So that's something that, that I think all of us should, should work on and think about when we're doing it. Um, we're such hypocrites, aren't we? I would echo what you said. We're oh, hip- yeah, we're, we're, we're like, not good at it. Yeah, because we want people to expect the be- or assume the best about us, but at the same time, we're assuming the worst about them. Yeah, yeah, and that's what I, that's what I said earlier. That This is my problem. Everything you type on social media, I'm like, that guy, what does I he cannot, mean? But yeah. the gall of him, I cannot believe him. Yeah. And then in my response, I'm like, what? What? I was just expressing like just a simple opinion. I don't know why you're freaking out, man. That's a new character <laughs> I'm like working weird, on. It's not. Yeah, it's not Jerry fully Seinfeld, developed. Johnny Utah. Big, that was weird. <laughs> All right, so let me throw this at you. Okay. And are there topics? Are there situations and disagreements that you think are worth losing relationship over? And I ask this question. Because um, Sunday morning I preached from Galatians 1, and Paul says twice in Galatians 1 in the first uh, 10 verses, I think it's verse 6 and 10, or 6 and 9, um, where he says that if anybody comes and teaches any other gospel, let him be accursed, or let him be cut off, or let him anathema. Uh, I think a lot of people know the word. So Paul there seems to be willing, of course, it's in the context of teaching and preaching, but he says if anybody comes up preaching a different gospel, cut them off, let them be destroyed, let them be accursed, get rid of them. Do you think we have situations in our lives? Are, are there certain topics, are there things that we just agree to disagree in part ways where we just say, okay, I'm, I'm, we're not gonna do this anymore? I think defining, defining what it means to cut off, defining what it means to part ways and defining... Uh, what it means to break fellowship with someone is important. Uh, doing that does not mean that you don't continue to love them, pray for them, care for them, and desire the best for them. But I think you're right. The Bible makes it clear in other parts. I mean, look at Matthew 18, the accountability model. Like, yeah. if someone's not willing to to repent and they're living in open sin, it says have nothing to do with them. Treat them like a that's strong. Treat them like a tax collector uh, or but, a pagan. But like I said in a text message to you today, how do we live life without farewelling everybody? Because yeah. uh, it would seem that it could really easily get to that point where we're just like, well, man, forget this. Buy everybody. It's uh, so difficult. I, I think what we need to understand first and foremost is that when love is the primary driver of everything that we do in our life, it's going to change the way we see these debates and these conversations. I think about James 4, verse 1, where it says, what causes division and what causes quarrels among you? This is the RPV, rusty paraphrase version. My Bible's not sitting in front of me. 
what causes divisions and what causes quarrels? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? Yeah. We don't know what we want. One day we want to have the upper hand. We want to be right. We want them to understand. We want all these different things. But when we have our focus and our hearts in the right place on the gospel and on Jesus, then we have the opportunity to have real life-changing conversations with people. And even when we disagree, we can disagree in love. And if there are issues that, that are worth breaking fellowship over, then we can still do that with love being at the center of that decision. Yeah, and we, we have to be willing to lose an argument or lose a small discussion if it means that we can win our brother or win our friend or yeah. win the person over. And that's just that just goes back to the pride versus humility issue. We're just we don't like to be wrong. We don't like to be the ones to apologize. We don't like to be the ones who look silly. But we've just got to suck it up and be willing to do those things. Definitely. Well, I think it's safe to say that uh, this episode goes to me as the winner. Uh, I am right. <laughs> You're so stupid. You're so stupid. <laughs> You're the worst person I know. I hope this has been beneficial. I feel a little bit, and we wanted it to be this way. It has been a long week. We're tired because we've been watching baseball. So and much my baseball. My kids have been puking. <laughs> baseball and puking candy. It's, oh. it's been a crazy week. Uh, so all that to say, we, we wanted this to be conversational. We hope that it's been beneficial to you to be able to listen and uh, even just make you think a little bit about how you engage with other brothers and sisters, whether that's texting phone conversations, cups of coffee, or the, the big one that gets out of hand quick, social media. Yeah, and if you don't like what we're doing, start your own stupid podcast, you jerks. What do we care? That's right. You don't have to, nobody's making you listen Who cares? to us. So what? <laughs> Who cares? Who cares? No big deal. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. So speaking of social media. On that note, follow me at Jared Hollier. You. I'm at Jared Hollier on Twitter. I'm at, whoop, I'm sorry, I'm at whoop, go ahead. I'm, I'm Jared Hollier. Yep, no, yep. no, just at Jared yep. Hollier. That's the only one you need, you yep. need to know. And when you go to his page, yep. you could. I'm going to do what Michael did uh, when we interviewed Frank. Do you remember that? What's your? Yeah. What's, was it Twitter or Instagram? Yeah. And Michael's like, if you go to Frank's, if you go to Frank's and just look Frank at his Aragon. friends, you can com. find me there. It'll take you to my like, Zanga page. What are you doing, Michael? <laughs> Shout out to Michael. Hey, by the way, big Astros fan, Michael. Oh, yeah. So, man, yeah. revel in this win. So find me at Bro Rusty Mott. Follow our friend See, Pat Overstreet. Is this Pat O at Is this Pat O? Hey, big announcement. You ready for this? We didn't even talk about this pre-production. We've got, we've got just a, a couple more episodes before the mid-season break, but yeah. we are very quickly approaching a milestone oh, for one hour a week in downloads. And we are excited about the possibility of hitting that milestone. And if we hit that milestone, then we might get a little something special, a little special episode with a gathering of people at some point in the future. So, yeah, it's vague because it's supposed to be. So uh, get excited, listen to it, download it like 20 times they don't to know get what that number excited. up. Like, so, what are we getting excited about? He didn't tell us I just, anything. I don't know. What is going on? So... Comment below what you think it might be. If you disagree with somebody, do it kindly. Oh, hey, follow us at Our A Week Pod. We forgot that one. Yep. So, uh, hey, listen, we're doing this via FaceTime, remote from Coons yeah. and Kirbyville. That's a good looking head. And we are, 
we are both wearing some really cool World Series Astros hats. Uh, and we're feeling nerdy and we're loving life. So thanks for listening. Y'all have a good one. I guess the only thing left to do, drop the mic. <laughs>